Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chad Kovic and Lester Munson. Sports Car Time. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chad Kovic, along with uh, primetime ESPN legal analyst Lester Munson. Sports Court, of course, brought your way by my good friend John Coyne and the marvelous people at American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service for you people in Winnetka, Arlington Heights, whatever the case may be. When you need that ride with reliability and comfort, make sure you ride with American Taxi. Uh, Lester, right off the top, obviously uh, Fred Wilpon and the New York Mets are having uh, significant uh, financial difficulties. Wilpon tied in, of course, with uh, uh, Bernie Madoff, the uh, Ponzi scheme specialist. Uh, I find this interesting, however. Do you believe Fred Wilpon when he says the Mets are bleeding cash and may lose seventy million bucks this year. I'm not sure how he can lose seventy million dollars. He's got his own television channel. There's money coming in there. There's some tricky kind of account accounting going on here. Um, maybe they're pushing money into TV that should be in the ball club. It's part of his complaint that he's overpaying players. He's not happy with the Beltran contract. He's not happy with Reyes becoming a free agent, and so he's trying to cry poor mouth at the same time that he's trying to sell the team. So he's got a little inconsistency and a little tension there between the two positions. All right. Uh, if you're uh, baseball commissioner Bud Selig, you've already uh, made the uh, strong arm move with uh, McCourt and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Given where uh, Wilpon is right now, would you give strong consideration to uh, so-called seizing the New York Mets? He certainly has to look at it. Uh, the difference between McCourt and Wilpon is Wilpon is a friend of Bud Selig's. And we do know from Selig's uh, past accomplishments that he will take care of his friends. He made sure that his friends got the Boston Red Sox, even though there was a higher bid. He did the same thing with the Walmart family and the Kansas City Royals. And he obviously is giving Wilpon some time to maneuver and to try to get out from under this. Wilpon must be one of these amazing guys. Among his friends, he has Bernie Madoff, Bud Selig, and Sandy Koufax. How do you do that? All these guys would call Wilpon back in about two minutes. How does that happen? This guy probably ought to be ambassador to Iran. I, I, the guy is amazing. <laughs> All right, we continue. Uh, uh, Lance Armstrong tweets, I have uh, gone through 500 uh, drug tests involving uh, uh, bicycling over the years. I have passed every one. Why do I feel like saying, Lance, that doesn't impress me at all? Well, I think we are all now so skeptical of these guys and how they perform at the level where they perform. Uh, I went through the seven... Tour de France victories that uh, Armstrong achieved. If you take the top 10 finishers in each of those races, that's a total of 70 competitors. 41 have tested positive. So that gives you an idea of what goes on in cycling. And on top of it now, Armstrong is facing a situation in which four teammates on the Postal Service team are now willing to offer testimony against him. So the the amount of evidence against him is reaching a critical mass. It's not just going to be doping. They're now talking about 
money laundering. They're talking about a fraud case. There's the, some sort of corruption count that the government is looking at. This grand jury in Los Angeles is getting ready to indict him. So from the uh, perspective of Lance Armstrong, have you already talked to your attorney and said, listen, uh, the heat is coming full tilt. Let's uh, get ourselves positioned to cut uh, the best deal possible. I'm not sure he's going to do that, Chet. I think he might take the Roger Clemens pathway. He's going to defy, defy, defy until uh, he's got nothing left uh, to defy. Um, I did a, a very short segment on ESPN Sports Center the other day, um, I heard from three different lawyers from Lance Armstrong <laughs> over <laughs> that segment, not complaining, just saying, "Oh, if you're going to talk about this, here's what we have to say." I mean, the, so he is he is getting ready for a defense. Uh, his attorney, main attorney Mark Fabiani, is a perfectly good guy; knows exactly what he's doing, and Armstrong has the resources to pay as much as it takes for a first-class defense. So I, th- I don't think he's going to settle. Uh, speaking of Roger Clemens, uh, his trial will be here sooner rather than later. Uh, if you're the defense, if you're Rusty Harden and company, what kind of jury do you want? <clears throat> I mean, for example, uh, the talk that Clemens had his wife injected with steroids to uh, uh, pose for a magazine pictorial, doesn't that put you in a position where having females on a jury might not be to your advantage? I think it really does, and I'm sure that Rusty Harden and all of the other lawyers that Clemens has, they're working with a jury consultant. They're trying to figure out right now what kind of jury they can get. This is the District of Columbia. The jury will be overwhelmingly African-American, but it will be a lot of middle-class African-Americans. These are not people who are uh, taking welfare checks or any other stereotypical things that you think. The courthouse is right there on the mall. It's in this beautiful, breathtaking location. You feel like a citizen of America when you walk in the building. They've got a lot of dynamics to deal with as they get ready to defend this case. Back to uh, Armstrong for a moment. Uh, I feel no sense of uh, shock, no sense of outrage about uh, Lance Armstrong because, Lester, maybe this is a naivete on my part, but I've just always assumed, going back years and years, that all the guys who ride in the Tour de France, which is an event that is beyond grueling when you contemplate vertically what they have to do, for heaven's sakes, I've always thought these guys were all loaded. I I think most people thought that. Uh, The problem was that they were able to fool the testers time and again. Now we have Tyler Hamilton on 60 Minutes saying they didn't merely fool those who are taking tests, they had leverage over them. He, he mm-hmm. is saying that the cycling authorities deliberately screwed up a, a positive test from Armstrong so that he would not be caught. So the, it could be that the authorities are, were working with Armstrong for the success of the entire event so that everybody walked away successful uh, and with enormous profits. Well, for example, Armstrong talked about being uh, clean with uh, tests dating back to uh, 1999, when we both know that uh, the testing process was uh, oh, about as inconclusive as it could possibly be. Totally inconclusive, and 
They had trouble keeping track of the samples. They they frequently would find a positive when there was no there should never have been a positive. They mixed up the A sample and the B sample. I mean the the testing process is complicated. It's very difficult to do it right. And when you go back that far, they were simply not doing it right. All right. Uh, what makes Lester Munson optimistic, if anything, that uh, the National Football League will begin its regular season on time? You know the from what the way I. Uh, Look at it right now. I talk to the lawyers on either side on a fairly regular basis. The level of hostility is the worst I have seen. These are now large teams of very expensive lawyers who genuinely do not like and do not trust each other. I don't see really how, given what they would say to me, a public statement, uh, I don't see how they're going to get together in a room and cut a deal. I, t- to me, the season is going to miss two games, maybe four games, four Sundays. We could easily have a Super Bowl late in February or early March. So from that perspective, based on your legal background and based on your knowledge of uh, legal background as it pertains to uh, sports, once you've got lawyers who are ticked off at each other, how bad is the situation? That's a, that's a bad situation. I, I uh, th- it was not this way. I I I watched them settle back in 1993. I, I was in the courthouse in Minneapolis. You would see them going from room to room. They were all interested in the facts, interested in making an agreement. Everybody was getting along. There would be banter with us in the media. There'd be banter between the two sides. There's none of that going on now. Mm-hmm. Everything is righteous indignant these a priori statements the the owners are unhappy with the players the players are unhappy with the with the owners the lawyers are, are feeling all of that and it's a serious situation i don't see how they get back together uh, going back in time you covered the oj simpson trial do you ever do you ever recall any bantering going on between uh, uh marcia clark and uh, johnny Cochran? <laughs> Not between those two, but I'll tell you, if you can't get along with Johnny Cochran, you should turn in your ticket because he is easily the most charming and charismatic individual I have encountered in my career in journalism. He was always happy. He was always upbeat. He'd be in the courtroom righteous and indignant and walk out, and you'd find yourself talking about baseball or the Dodgers or some political race, and he would he would blow you away with his humor and his charm. I there's there's only been one lawyer I've seen like him. Who's that? That would be Johnny Cochran. That's <laughs> the, he's the only one. One of a kind, as we say. He is Lester Munson, legal expert ESPN. I'm Chet Kopic. This has been, of course, Sports Court, brought to you by Chicago's premier suburban taxi service, American Taxi. My good friend John Coyne, president of American Taxi. Remember, for you people in the suburbs, American Taxi, comfort, reliability, Full service. It's the only way to go. We'll catch you next time around. So long, everybody.